This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to BGN Radio. Welcome. To this week in fantasy. <clears throat> no, not that kind of fantasy. A little more nerdy, a little less sexy. I mean, is there any doubt that Superman wouldn't be the greatest fantasy baseball player in the world? That's the ticket. <laughs> That's right, BGN Radio, it is time for a little fantasy talk, and we need probably need that to, to break up all the uh, the drama in the NFL that's going along here. But uh, before we get into all that good stuff, I just want to send a humongous shout-out, which I didn't do on a reaction show uh, for the Eagles, and I do apologize to James Zeltzer carrying the load like uh, much of your injured fantasy lineup is probably right now for the past two shows right here on BGN Radio. I thought he did. An amazing job, uh, uh, really a guy that's a host in Shining, and I hope his employers are listening to this because the kid's got talent. Let's just let's throw that uh, out there. But uh, let's introduce everybody as we're here. I look to my left and I see the man, the myth, the legend from Chicago, Illinois, and FF Toolbox, Mr. Tony Casali. What's happening, buddy? Oh, not too much, Johnny. Welcome back. Thank you were you. missed. Thank you, thank you. I was, uh, I was getting drunk in Massachusetts with our good at our good friend, uh, Jay Sefton, shout out to him, and congratulations on that. And uh, just as I was talking about him moments ago from 97.5 The Fanatic, from rotowire.com, and you can hear his voice almost every week right here on BGN Radio, Mr. James Elter, What's up, buddy? John, I, I echo that you were missed, and I, too, hope my employers are listening. <laughs> well, guys, I mean, um, it's, you know, it's been a pretty uh, Goodell hate-filled uh, running back drama pretty much all across the NFL and it's warranted. It's not really, we were discussing off here. It's not really the form for us to kind of come on here and, you know, get up on our, on our soap boxes or whatever opinions. I think we all feel strongly that uh, a lot of what's going on is really messed up 
And, um, you know, ESPN's been covering it. The NFL Network is, you know, kind of covering it. There's a bunch of different press conferences that are that are going on here. Um, but we really just want to focus on the fantasy side. We respect the fact that, hey, if, if you're not into this and, you know, you, you have strong feelings one way or the other, that's fine. It's just not the form that we're going to get into right here. Um, that being said, guys, the, the Adrian Peterson kind of, you know, deactivated um, and there's some hints that maybe Brandon Marshall, I don't know. There's, there's new stuff coming out from where he was in 2007 and 2008 and some domestic violence stuff that's there. Uh, if you do have these guys on your fantasy team, what are you looking for right now? Um, I, well, as far as it goes with Peterson, you know, they deactivated him. I guess he's indefinitely out. I think you, you, obviously need to find a replacement there. I think you can't plan on having Adrian Peterson in your lineup anytime in the near future. Uh, obviously for a lot of owners, that's their first round pick. That's something you're really going to have to, to work hard to get over. Uh, Mass, Matt Asiata, obviously out there as, as the presumed uh, replacement for Peterson. I think Jarek McKinnon might be a little bit more talented than Asiata, maybe even a lot more talented than Asiata. Uh, but it does appear that Asiata will get the first look as he did in this past week's loss to the Patriots. I'm not a huge Asiata guy. I think he's not super talented when you watch him out there. It looks like he's running in quicksand. So I'm not a huge Asiata guy. I don't necessarily think that's the way I would go. I think McKinnon probably a better upside play. But as far as it goes, you know, look to we're going to get into these guys, but look at the Nile Davises, the Don Browns, uh, the Ahmad Bradshaws. A lot of these guys have kind of either stepped in for injury or kind of become a bigger part of their team's offensive uh, repertoire in the past week, week plus. Uh, as a replacement for Peterson and with Marshall, I, I just think it's too early to say this is stuff that apparently people knew about in 07, 08. Uh, it looks like the bigger issue to come out of this is that Goodell knew all about it, was told about it, and, and again, didn't seem to do much. So uh, I think that's kind of where that issue is coming from. I don't expect Brandon Marshall to get suspended or anything along those lines. But w with the way the culture is right now and what we've seen the last week, week and a half, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, Tony, anything to add uh, to uh, that discussion? No, I completely agree. It, it seems unlikely at this point, although, yeah, of course, there's nothing that would surprise me right now. Obviously, Brandon Marshall is a different person than he was back then, so it's not like uh, the history has repeated itself, so it seems like something that happened seven years ago might even be a little bit much uh, for the NFL to to take action on. Now, uh, that being said, you know, you're still looking at two Bears receivers who are nursing injuries. Now, when Brandon Marshall apparently is injured, he catches three touchdown passes, some of them with just one hand. Uh, so so obviously, you know, he's just fine. But keep keep an eye on those injuries. Uh, they're night games coming up again uh, for the Bears. So if you have people like uh, Alshon Jeffrey or Brandon Marshall, uh, having somebody like uh, Santonio Holmes uh, right behind him just in case uh, isn't a terrible play if you've got an extra spot on your roster. The Right now for those two guys... Uh, uh, for, for Alshon and Marshall or for any Bears receiver, it's injury that's uh, worrying me much more than discipline. Right, and you talk about injuries, and it was this was, I think, one of the weirdest weeks in fantasy. It kind of comes up every year, but, man, oh, man, the injuries with uh, that and just matchups that you thought were going to be out of the world awesome kind of flipped themselves this week. Uh, it left a lot of people struggling. I mean, I'm just going through the rap sheet here. A.J. Green out uh jamal charles out 
no Sean Moreno out. Uh, you know, and the list just kind of goes on and on and on. Even even guys that you might have picked up like an Alan Hearns in Jacksonville out. Um, so first things first, let's take a look at the running backs. And you know, there's a lot of pickups here. Oh, Doug Martin. By the way, forgot to mention that to all the Doug Martin lovers out of there. Um, but, his his nine his nine yards this year on nine carries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I just again I was never big on him. Um, but you're looking at this list here of of probable backups here, uh, Tony. Between like Niles Davis, Donald Brown, Bobby Rainey, uh, Kyrie Robinson, who's your main target out of this pack this week? Well, this one's a little bit tricky because I think probably the most talented back on there in in the system that's going to use him the most would be Niall Davis, right? This guy's a stud. He's a really talented running back, and he could start for almost any other team in the NFL, I believe. Uh, the problem with him is it's really hard to tell how long Jamal Charles is going to be out. You know, first indication was high ankle sprain, the dreaded high ankle sprain. He could be out for a long time. Now more recent things coming out that he may only miss one week. Uh, so it's hard to be sure. So if you end up spending a huge blind bid on him or if you uh, or if you have to trade for him, say, if you're a Jamal Charles owner, you might have to give up quite a bit to get him. The, but the fact is, he's a very talented back. Um, so if you are a Jamal Charles owner, you have to have him on your team. Hopefully uh, you knew that ahead of time and, and maybe reached for him a little bit during your draft, uh, because Niall Davis is going to have the opportunity to put up some points for you. James, where are you looking uh, at this uh, running back list now? Who's your guy? Uh, I agree with Tony. I think of the guys you mentioned, Nile Davis is probably the most talented and in the best position to succeed. Uh, on the flip side from what we're hearing uh, on Jamal Charles's injury, high ankle sprain, but apparently according to Andy Reid, and we all know how Andy is at uh, detailing injuries <laughs> in Philadelphia, um, it, not a, a, a severe ankle sprain. So uh, theoretically, you assume you may be able to get Charles back in a few weeks. I think while Davis is in there, he's clearly the best of that group. I do like Don Brown a lot, though. Uh, Donald Brown has shown flashes of success both in Indianapolis and in his short time in San Diego. I think with Ryan Matthews out with the MCL sprain, I think there's a chance that he's out a little bit longer than Charles. So I think Brown's going to get more of a chance to kind of compete in that offense. Uh, so those would be my top two guys of that list uh, with Davis being the more high end uh, better player. And I do think Davis will have a role in the chiefs offense when Charles comes back, especially if he's successful over the next couple weeks, given the chance as the main guy. But I think that Brown's opportunity to, you know, get first team reps, uh, first team runs and get more kind of time on the field may last a little longer. So so take it for what it's worth. I think Davis is a little bit better pickup, but uh, Brown maybe have a chance to kind of contribute to your team uh, significantly a little bit longer. Uh, and it depends. And Tony touched on this as well. For me, Niles Davis is is the is the guy that you should have if you were Jamal uh, Jamal Charles owner and I think that's the guy you stick with if you're doing that to wait for him to get back if you're looking for a more more long-term play I actually kind of like Kyrie Robinson and I'd put him just ahead of Donald Brown only because he is going to get the workload this week and it's going to go with Pierre Thomas and you're thinking well yeah but once he comes back he's not going to take over Mark Ingram's role he's not I do have a feeling that if he does play lights out that he might actually eventually take over Pierre Thomas's role um uh, I know that there's still some tread there with Pierre Thomas. He's kind of sort of taken over that role that Darren Sproles left, but I, I don't know. It's uh, it, it's a wait and see for me. 
The uh, last guy on my list, obviously, is Bobby Rainey, but I still think he's a decent pickup if you're going to do that. Um, I, I don't expect Doug Martin to come back and then be all of a sudden stellar, especially in that offense. Tampa Bay is really, really struggling, just like they were last year, to put any type of momentum on their offense going. Uh, shout out to Lovey Smith. I love you, but, man, it is it is not off to a good start in Tampa Bay. But I do think they go running back by committee, and if you're desperate and you're in a deep league, Bobby Rainey is probably uh, a decent pickup. Um, other things we didn't touch on, the new uh, drug enforcement, I, I guess, policy that it was agreed with the NFL and the uh, the Players Association. Um, uh, Wes Welker, uh, of course, is now going to start on Sunday, so if you held on to him and didn't trade him, I think that'll be – uh, some good news there. Uh, do you, uh, James, do you think that affects Emmanuel Sanders owners now that he's back in the uh, fold here? It, look, it certainly doesn't help Sanders owners. Uh, I don't know if it's official that Welker will play this weekend. He has been cleared to play. It, it appears that he will, but it's not 100% that he actually will be on the field this weekend. Uh, either way, it looks like, if not this weekend, the weekend after. Uh, I think that it it seems that Sanders, uh, as far as so far this season, has not been targeted in the red zone at all. He does have a lot of targets and catches but has not been involved in the red zone opportunities. So I, I think that's already a hit to his value. And Adam Welker, I mean, they they pretty much do the same thing. I think Welker's going to be the guy. Obviously, Welker has the, the concussion issues still that because of the suspension, we all kind of just forgot about. But the next concussion he gets could, could be a career ender, uh, and it's certainly something that he is more likely to get after all the concussions he's had. So... Uh, you know, I, I think that Welker certainly will take some of Sanders' uh, value away, but but I feel I still think Sanders will have value. Uh, I think that ball, uh, Denver just passes the ball so much. Manning likes to spread it around. Uh, I just think that ultimately neither Sanders nor Welker is going to have the value of of either of the Thomas boys out there. Well, you know, on the flip side of that, the guys that were hanging on to Josh Gordon, um, I think it's pretty official now that it's going to be a full ten games for him. Um, do you think, Tony, that that is still worth kind of holding on to? You're getting in the latter half of fantasy season there. Um, you are, you know, right for some. I mean, that's right up against that. You're basically past the trade deadline. It's right up uh, uh, near playoffs. Uh, are you advising people to kind of hold on to him if you've held on to him already? Or is this a good time to kind of wait in or uh, trade him out? If you can hold on to him, absolutely hold on to him. Because here's the thing. If you can, if you have the ability, that means that you either have a really deep team, you know, some of these teams where you're drafting, uh, you know, 17, 18 spots, where you have the ability to have a spot open where you can just keep them in there and sit on them. Uh, I mean, he can really work out for you. Look, week 10, we're talking we're talking getting ready for the fantasy playoffs, right? You're going in just like the Cleveland Browns. If you're 500 when he comes back and you've got him on your starting roster, you've got a chance to make a, make some noise. Uh, I think what's most likely going to happen with the uh, fantasy owners that have him and what I'd probably recommend for most of them uh, would be to hold on to him up until you get a little bit closer to the trade deadline. Each week that passes, his, his trade value grows, and he can't do anything to detract from it because all it is is speculative. So all you have to do is sit there and let him rest on your bench, and each week you get closer to week 10, his trade value increases and increases for people who are trying to fill some some spots on their roster. So if you have the opportunity to hold on to them, hold on to them. Come week six or seven, uh, when people are desperate and have a have a thought that they're going to make it into the playoffs, that's when you go ahead and move him. Get him off your roster. 
get yourself somebody who's going to really help you going down the stretch. Because even when he comes back in week 10, it might take a week or two before you he gets into game shape. And week 14, 15, you're already in the playoffs. I say hold on to him, trade him in a couple of weeks. I agree. And if you have a need right now, uh, that's the only thing I, I would try and ship him out for, whatever you can. I think the that owners who might have traded him beforehand might have had a little more of advantage because it was still unknown exactly um and you could kind of bait people into be like well he's definitely gonna play he's definitely gonna play uh now i I do agree i think it's uh you have to just ride it out unless you are absolutely desperate um and go to the highest bidder because you're right more injuries are going to happen there's going to be more panicking going on uh towards then and i know of a few of our friends that were uh hyper just to get him right now so i can't imagine the hype when it uh, finally comes around there sticking with wide receivers james there's actually a couple of guys that uh have made some switches one of my early targets uh was uh boykin in green bay he was the third wide receiver i thought he was going to get some good looks and you know kind of be more involved with the offense but um it only took two games he gets yanked now Devonte adams looks like he's going to be your third guy without, uh, or excuse me, your third wide receiver uh, going forward here. Uh, how, how do you feel about him, and do you think that he could really contribute uh, in a flex spot uh, on your uh, fantasy roster? Yeah, John, I love Adams. Uh, I think that uh, clearly that offense can support three receivers. Uh, Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson are both high end two, if not, I mean, Jordy's a one, and Cobb might be a number one fantasy receiver as well. So far, the touchdowns say that he is. Uh, if not, he's a very high end number two. So I think to assume that that the number three receiver in that lineup could be a, a you know, a, a top 20 to 30 fantasy receiver is a very legitimate thing to assume. Uh, 20 might be a little high, but I think the kid's very talented. I think they like him there a lot. I think the way they've used him has shown that they want him to be a, a part of that offense. I think he's clearly past Jared Boykin, who I liked a lot as well. And and again, not only will, will he have value as the number three receiver in that offense, but if anything happens to either Nelson or Cobb, two guys who have shown in the past that they have a lot of trouble staying on the field for a full 16 games, then all of a sudden Adams is, is a must start. So I, I really like Devontae Adams. I, I think he's a guy that everyone should be going out and picking up off their wire. He, he needs to be owned. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you about his talents. I think they loved him in the preseason, and I think they're going to use him. Uh, I do think he belongs on your team, but I don't think that he should be somebody you're considering starting this week. They got a tough matchup in Detroit, uh, who's actually playing pretty well against the pass, even tougher against the run. Uh, I don't want to go chasing those points like a, like a Hearn owner last week. Uh, I, I love having him on the team, and absolutely, if one of those other two guys go down, uh, but I would I would hope that at this point in your season, he's your wide receiver four, and you can hold on to him maybe on the bench one more week to see if this is the real thing. Yeah, let me jump in. I agree with Tony. My, my point was more looking down the road. I think you need to own him, but I agree. I, I probably would not start him this week unless, you know, injuries are killing you and you have no better options. Yeah. Uh, same with that. It kind of a, an up-and-down start. Uh, James Jones was also on everybody's list here. Uh, James, your thoughts on James Jones on the waiver wire? Worth that pickup, worth that stash in the bench right now? Yeah, actually, I actually kind of like James Jones. I, I think it's pretty clear that Derek Carr likes him. I think he's, 
easily the number one option out there in Oakland. He's been successful so far. I believe he's scored in both games, uh, you know, as, has put up numbers and look, we've seen James Jones put up numbers in the past. He's finally getting the chance to be a number one guy somewhere. Carr loves him. Uh, that's a team that's going to be down in a lot of games, uh, assuming that they are as awful as they've looked in the first two weeks. I, I mean, they've looked like maybe the worst team in football through two weeks. I, I think the first coach to get fired uh, is going to be Dennis Allen. I, I think he is not long for that job. I, I'm a, I honestly, I could see it happening. You know, soon, within a month, uh, I think Dennis Allen loses that job if they keep playing this way. Uh, So I think that's an offense that's going to have to throw to move the ball if they want to move it. And I think that James Jones is going to be the main guy in that offense. I think he's shown he can get open and make plays. And and again, Carr likes him. So, yeah, I think James Jones is, is kind of a nice... You know, guy to receiver to have on your bench, a really nice bye week fill in to have on your team. Uh, Tone, I'll stick with you on this one. With the um, uh, Brian Quicks, the other guy that we we were kind of talking about earlier, uh, I know there's, I mean, some decent uh, movement with the third string quarterback down in St. Louis. He didn't turn the ball over and they, you know, pulled that game out. But um, uh, Brian Quick also looks to be like the number one guy out there, too. Uh, where's your stock on him right now? It's actually, you know, relatively high for somebody like Brian Quick. I've never been a real big fan of his. Uh, that being said, if he can start to, you know, mature and actually uh, uh, fill out this number one receiver in St. Louis thing that they want him to be, he might actually be all right. What I like about his first two games is consistency. Seven catches in each game. He's getting the targets. Uh, which means that he he's going to continue to get the targets, right? So that's usually what I look for when I'm a little worried if this is going to be a boom-bust guy or somebody that's going to keep doing it throughout the year, uh, and that's going to be the targets. If the quarterback likes you and if you're going to be on his radar, uh, then you're likely going to continue to be on his radar. Um, yeah, 99 catches in the first game. There's no reason he can't continue doing this. There's another team. It's not much different than Oakland. Look, They've lost all of their weapons. They've lost their best defensive player and their best offensive player, and they're going to need to throw the ball to stay in some of these games. Uh, Their defense is probably arguably better than Oakland's defense, but that being said, uh, they're still going to need to throw the ball, and Brian Quick looks like he's getting it. Yeah, and there's some other concerns out there as well. I mean, um, the one thing that's jumping out at me is in Arizona and Drew Stanton that uh, Carson Palmer injury is – Bruce Arians was talking about it today – it's either a day, a month, et cetera, et cetera. Um, does, is that dropping a lot of value for the wide receivers out there and possibly even maybe the running backs in Arizona? Cause that's, I mean, assuming that's what you're going to have to do. Um, Drew Stanton's not a good quarterback. So I, I, I'm a little worried with the skill position players in Arizona, James, and, and uh, should I be? Yeah, I, I if you had asked me last week before Stanton started that game, I would have said no. I would have said, you know, Carson Palmer is nothing special. I think Stanton can compete. You know, he's looked okay in past uh, opportunities in the NFL. Uh, but I agree with you. Stanton didn't look good. The, the offensive line in Arizona has a lot of flaws, especially in pass protection. I don't think that they're going to give Stanton enough time. Uh, It takes him a little while to get through his progressions. I think that's going to be an issue. It seemed like he was just leaning on fits and a lot of short passes, a lot of, you know, flips to Ellington. And it just doesn't seem like he's having the ability to move the ball downfield. I think that's going to hurt Michael Floyd more than anybody. 
Um, it's a shame. I really like these Arizona weapons. I like them with Palmer in there. I like Floyd. I like Fitz to a point. I was never a huge Fitz guy. I think Ellington has looked a lot better than people expected after the whole foot injury thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think between the offensive line and Stanton's uneasiness back there, I think that if they don't get Carson Palmer back soon, you're really going to have to downgrade those guys for sure. And we want to obviously take all your guys' concerns too. We had their uh, mailbag again, so you obviously can always tweet us at BGN underscore TWIF for this week in fantasy. Our big man, Mario Z, checking in. Would you start McCoy and Sproles this week if you have both over CJ Spiller and Gerhardt in a standard league, Tony? Uh, Yeah. Actually, I would. And it always feels strange. I've been there. We've all been there, right? Do you, you know, you've got Roddy White and, and, and Julio Jones. Do you start them both? Or do you have uh, Nelson and Cobb? Somehow you make a trade and it works out like that way. Can you start two guys on the same team who play the same position? Back in the day, it would have been, uh, you know, CJ Spiller and Fred Jackson. By back in the day, I mean maybe two weeks ago. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you can. Look, right now, those two uh, are both, uh, you know, if you're in a PPR league, both of these guys rank in the top 10. And I believe in uh, in some leagues, depending on how they're scored, uh, Darren Sproles is the number one uh, back in the NFL right now for you. So, so you're talking, you know, two guys in the top 10 and you have to sort of look past the fact that they're playing on the same team. They're going to be feeding these guys both the ball. They're both in there all the time. Uh, and you know, I, I really, strangely enough, have no problem with you starting two people on the same team, particularly if they're both in the top 10 at the position. And James, you would, we had talked about this a little bit too. I mean, are you pretty confident that Darren Sproles can be your number, an RB2 right now to carry you through the rest of the season? Yeah, it's kind of crazy because, you know, Sproles has always been that PPR guy that you, you could use in a PPR league, but that the, the production in a running game just didn't justify using him very often in a standard league or at least not as a RB1 RB2 maybe as a flex guy uh, but it Chip Kelly likes him Chip Kelly wants to use him Sproles is a big part of this Eagles offense. I, I think we've seen that through two weeks and, and not just that. It's what everyone says. You hear it. Every guy talking about the team, whether it's Chip Kelly, whether it's LaShawn McCoy, whether it's Nick Foles, whoever it is, they all they talk about is how important Darren is to this offense and, and how he is going to continue to be used. So uh, yeah, I think he's a, easily an RB two in standard leagues. And I think he's a high end RB two, you know, low end RB one in PPR leagues. I, I think Darren Sproles is going to be one of the best, fantasy finds for for people this season you know probably going in what the eighth to tenth round on average and and i think he couldn't return second third round value at this rate i i think he's worth owning i think he's worth trading for i, I think that this is not a mirage look he's not going to score I, I think in my ppr league he had 30 points for me last week that's obviously not going to happen every week but darren Sproles is someone you can trust in your rb2 slot i, I truly believe that and I, since I wasn't here last week and, and because Mario had brought him up, listen listen to me real close. Toby Gerhardt is unstartable, okay? And I'm sorry if you reached for him in a, in a, in a, in a round, thir, you know, the third round or whatever, and you, you planted him to be an RB2. Jacksonville's offense stinks, okay? Their offensive line stinks. Toby Gerhardt stinks. John, I think Tony and I have to give you a little mad call, Bear. You were the only one in the preseason who said this. Tony and I we're, we're yeah. at least a little positive about Gerhardt, and I think that – and I don't even know if it's Gerhardt's fault. I, I just think that that offensive line is a disaster right yeah. now. I mean, a, a total disaster. Gave up 10 sacks 
against the Redskins, who obviously have, have a good pass rush, and Chad Henley had some problems holding on the ball too long, but uh, it's just a dumpster fire down there. I, I agree with you. I don't want anything to do with anyone in the Jacksonville offense right now. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying we're, we're, we're 100% uh, hitting on here, but i just like to say, uh, you know, a great work by you two because there's been a lot of hits, and there's been a lot more hits than misses uh, since we started the show, so... It's been good so far. We tripped up a little last week because it was just a crazy fantasy week, but um, it, great job by, by everybody here doing their research and doing all that good stuff. Uh, Mario's second question, uh, again, Standard League, wants us to pick two. Uh, one running back, one flex. Kyrie Robinson, uh, I'm guessing Reggie Bush, Adelman, Travis Kelsey, and Mike Wallace. Uh, John, I think first and foremost, Julian Edelman stands out on that list. I don't see how you can't play him off that list right now. He's been the most productive already this season, uh, has a, a, a brilliant matchup against an Oakland secondary and defense in general that can't stop anybody. Mike Wallace was kind of close to Edelman there for me in that in that flex spot. You know, since you can't play two receivers, I, I would have considered playing both Wallace and Edelman. Uh, but I think Edelman's just been too consistent, too productive. So you got to go him over Wallace. Uh, as for the running back decision, I think it comes down to Reggie Bush and Kyrie Robinson. For me, it's Bush. Uh, I think the matchup against the Packers is too good. They're 31st against the run uh, in the league this year. I think Bush has been out in the media, you know, with the whole thing with his one-year-old daughter or son or whatever it is. And I think that from, from a football perspective, I think Bush is going to be happy to get out on the field and get a chance to do something. Uh, Drake Bell just couldn't hold on to the football last week. So I think that they're going to give Bush a, a chance to kind of cement himself. Uh, obviously, I think both of those guys are going to be a big part of the offense for them. But I think they I think they go Bush this week. I think they give him a chance to kind of get going a little bit. Great matchup against the Packers. And he, he's just shown me a little more than Kyrie Robinson. I'm not a huge Bush guy, but I, I think in this particular matchup, you got to go Bush. I, I love Bush. Actually, I'm a, I'm a big Bush guy. Not Reggie, just the actual. Um, <laughs> I knew you were going there. I knew it. I'm a big fan of Bush the band, yeah, actually. Yeah. I don't want to come back down from this cloud, gentlemen. Uh, Tone, would you do anything different there? No, probably not. I'd take a look at Kyrie Robinson. I think he's going to get a, obviously, he's going to get a little bit more time on the field there. But, uh, you know, he's still under four yards of carry. I still not a not 100% sold on him being the guy. So I would say, yeah, for, for right now, Bush and Edelman are the guy. I think for me, it's a little more of a slam dunk with Edelman. I like Tannehill, but, uh, uh, you know, getting to, to Mike Wallace, but I'm still not uh, an every week Mike Wallace guy, and I would take Edelman over him pretty much every time. Our, uh, our good friend Dan Schmidt, uh, at Dan S underscore S-O-T-S from the Sons of the Spectrum, doing great work over there, checks in. He's a little worried. He's starting out 0-2. He needs to know, how worried should I be about Eddie Lacy? Tony, I'm going to start with you, but here's what I'm going to sing first. Ooh, child, things are going to get easier. Go ahead, Tone. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it, it, things are going to get a little bit easier for him, but I don't think they're going to get easier for him right away. They're playing one of the best run defenses in the league in, in Detroit. I mean, if he's on your team, you got to start him. He's your first-round pick, but uh, I do not think that this is going to be the, the best week for him. Now, going forward, I think by the time the year's over, he's going to be a top-10 running back. I don't think you need to worry about him. Uh, he's had some tough matchups, and I think he's got another tough matchup this week. But after that, things are gonna things are gonna lighten up, like you sang to me. And uh, yeah, I think in the in the long run, you're gonna be just fine. Don't go trading him just yet. Yeah, and then I mean, if you can find a panic donor, try and buy low right now on Eddie Lacy because I I do think the the rest of his schedule lightens up 
pretty, pretty well. John, I, I just want to jump in here. I, I completely agree. I think it is absolutely a buy low opportunity here. Eddie Lacy, yes, against Detroit. Maybe wait to after this week to buy low because there's a chance he has another bad performance. But let's not forget he's gone up against the Seattle defense and then the New York Jets defense. The Jets have the best run-stopping defense in the league. Seattle, we all know about. Uh, and, you know, of course, the concussion worry in the first week. Honestly, the concussion worries me more than the play on the field. I, I think Lacy's going to be totally fine. I think you buy low, maybe wait after the Detroit performance. But but either way, I, I think you got to go out and get Lacy. Take advantage of some panicked owner who's worried about their first-round pick. Uh, Eddie Lacy will be okay. He will put up numbers. He might not be a top-five running back like we expected, but but I still think he could return first-round val- value very handily. Uh, Dan also checking in because um, he's got a matchup. Uh, he goes, uh, also, assuming I got to start Lacey, I have two spots. Do you go Zach Stacy against Dallas, Andre Ellington against San Francisco, Ridley against Oakland, Niall Davis, or Crabtree? Who, which two out of those are you starting, Tony Casale? Yeah, John, out of those names that you mentioned, the ones that sort of stand out to me is I think I'm going to, I would go ahead and put Stack Stacy in this week over uh, uh, over in Dallas. Um, I just think that it's going to be a, a pretty good matchup for him, and they're going to need to be running the ball. They're going to need to pound the ball. We've got Brian Quick on the outside, uh, but but he, they're going to try and establish the run there. Uh, Niall Davis, obviously, uh, I already talked about how much of a big fan I am. And I'd be uh, with Zach Stacy. The reason why I'd put him over Ellington right now is I, I'm a little bit worried. Um, about the quarterback situation, obviously, if Carson Palmer out, I think they're going to key in on Ellington and it's going to make it a long day for him in San Francisco. Uh, James, any switch ups there that you would do? Uh, I, you know, it's a really tough call. He's, it's a lot of good options there. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, it is. Um, it's an embarrassment of riches. I, I really like Steven Ridley this week. Uh, I think the matchup with Oakland, uh, you know, I think Ridley obviously coming off his best game in a while has held on to the football. It does seem like Belichick when they're up in games does like to pound the ball, control the clock. And, and it seems like Ridley has, is, is his guy for that. Uh, Oakland, the worst team against the run in the league so far this season. So, man, it's really tough. I would really consider going Niall Davis and Stephen Ridley, even though those are the two guys who would have been drafted lowest if drafted at all on draft day. So it's a weird week for fantasy. It's kind of all over the place. But I honestly think if if it came down to it, I'd have trouble sitting either one of those guys. Uh, Dan, I'm going to confuse you here. Um, I'm actually going to go say nay on Niles Davis. Um, I respect the, the Dolphins' front four and maybe even front seven enough where I think Andy Reid's going to go back to his old, let's just throw the ball. Um, so I, I'm not sure how much involved he's going to be in this week. If I had to pick two right now, I would go with Stacy. I would go with Ridley. Um, you know, Arizona, despite not having a great offense, they still have a, 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 good, de- a good to great defense there. Uh, so Crabtree's out for me. Um, Ellington, f- for basically the same reason, San Francisco's still really good uh, against the run, and if you have Drew Stanton there, it's not going to be pretty. So my vote is Stacy and Ridley going into that. Uh, guys, we're just uh, going to wrap things up here, but um, uh, Tone, any final thoughts as we're going into week number three here? 
Um, yeah, just beware of chasing points. Uh, you know, and I used to be, you know, and I and I still do this every now and then. You look at somebody like an Alan Hearn, and then you wonder, or, or Hearns, and you're going to wonder, is next week going to be the big week? Uh, it, when it comes to waiver wire pickups, not that big of a deal. Go ahead and use your waiver wire. It comes back. But when it comes to blind bidding and auction bidding, and you're going to be spending a lot of money, make sure you're looking at somebody who you really think is going to be uh, uh, the future at that position or that you're going to be able to get a couple of good weeks out of because I've been seeing a lot of really high bids chasing points from the week before and that doesn't always work out so make sure you do your research when you're going to be plopping down 25 to 50 percent of your blind bid uh, actually along those lines I was originally going to talk about Stephen Ridley and how much I like that matchup this week but uh, we got to that a minute ago in addition to what Tony said and I think I said it in the preseason but Having the job is paramount, and there are guys like Donald Brown who's going to have the opportunity to come in and get carries and get a chance to prove himself, and I think guys like that, guys like Nile Davis, even though they have a, a established top-ish tier, or in Jamal Charles's case, top-tier running back ahead of them on the depth chart, if they can take advantage of this opportunity, they are going to get a chance to continue to get the ball. They are going to be a part of their team's offenses. So I, I think guys like that, especially if you believe in their talent, like I do with both Brown and Davis, uh, are really worth spending a little bit of money on and maybe going the extra dollar, so to speak. Uh, I will say, oh, I, speaking of what we talked about in the preseason, when we talked about the zero running back theory, it's kind of interesting how things are kind of falling into place here because we mentioned those running backs that may, not only got injured, but maybe basically just aren't performing. Um, so if you took wide receivers high again this year, more kudos to you because if you landed guys like Ahmad Bradshaw, and uh, Darren Sproles and their year one and two, you might be able to ride that but because they're not the main focus of your team. And if you have stud wide receivers, and I apologize if you have A.J. Green because that punches a hole in that theory a little bit, but uh, that's something to always look out for and always try. Don't hold on to those running backs that might, uh, might end up you know, doing nothing or getting injured or doing all that stuff. There's more value in wide receivers. Um, just as we're going out here, uh, just reported – Arizona running back uh, Jonathan Dwyer also picked up for domestic violence. Let me tell you what, it is not a good week for the NFL. Um, but uh, that going out, uh, you know, Andre Ellington, I guess, move up your board because there's not much behind him uh, either. But for me, for John Barchard, uh, that's me, dumbass. <laughs> for myself, John Barchard, for uh, Mr. James Zeltzer and Tony Casale, we thank you so much for listening to This Week in Fantasy right here on BGN Radio. Listening to This Week in Fantasy, fueled by Duncan Philly.